Going deeper starts with addressing issues in your heart and soul. This message is the second in the series, I Will Go Deeper. The message is entitled, Seeking a Whole Soul, Part 1. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, if you will. You can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third gospel of the New Testament. Luke chapter 5, as we're continuing our series together in title, I Will Go Deeper. We're talking about very important decisions that we make in our life that will help us to gain all that God has for us. We're in our larger series entitled, Made for More. I want to talk to you this weekend and next weekend about seeking a whole soul. Say that phrase with me, seeking a whole soul. In your life and my life, one of the things that is so important to understand for our life to be all that God wants it to be and for us to experience all the plan for us to experience, you have to have depth. You can't have all of God's goodness for your life, the blessings that He has for you while living a shallow life. There has to be depth. And a key decision that you will make in life is the first decision that we talked about, I will not settle for less. God made me for more. And then to move from that to talk about going deeper. And God has a deeper place for you in your life. And part of going deeper involves addressing some things that we're going to look at this weekend and next weekend when it comes to your soul. But I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse number 4, in a story that talks to us about an experience that Peter had with Jesus and how he learned a lesson about what is found, what is experienced when you and I make the choice to go deeper. It's a very powerful story. So let me read for you again, verses 4 through 11, Luke chapter 5. When he had finished speaking, that's Jesus obviously referring to there, he said to Simon, that's Simon Peter, now go out where it is, what's the word there? Go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And so we'll come back and talk about that in a moment, but you might want to circle that word deeper. Go out to where it is deeper, let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. At this, at, 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 and this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat, and soon both, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be, kept, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. What I want you to see in this story, a number of things you'll see we'll talk about here in just a moment in terms of the deeper element, but let's set the stage. Here is Peter. At this time in his life, he is a fisherman, a commercial fisherman. He's been introduced to Jesus. Jesus is calling him to become one of his followers, but he's not quite made the move yet. He's not yet learned the value of following Jesus. And he's been fishing, doing his business, and Jesus comes along and sees what he's been doing, and Jesus says to him, after all, you've been fishing all night, you haven't catched anything. What you need to do is go out into the waters that are deeper. They're deeper waters that you need to fish in. And in essence, when you go out into the deeper waters, you're going to learn a lesson about productivity. You're going to learn a lesson about fruitfulness. When you get out into the deeper waters, you're going to learn something that you'll never be able to learn or experience in the shallows. You've been fishing in the shallow water, but I'm asking you to launch out into the deep. And of course, as we see in the story, 
Peter does this. He goes out into the deep. He catches this amazing dimension of fish, so much so that they had to bring in other boats to catch, and their, their nets are breaking because in this moment, Peter learned a lesson that I need to go deeper. I need to go deeper. It was such a stirring message, an event for Peter that even in the moment he said, Lord, I don't even deserve to be around you. I'm a, I'm a sinful man. He realized how shallow his life was. And out of that, Jesus called him and he, uh, to follow him and he left his nets and followed. What I want you to see in this story is that there is this, this whole dimension of going deeper that provides fruitfulness and productivity that you'll never find in shallow places in your life. And the temptation Temptation that everybody has in life is to sort of skate through life in the shallow places because it's easier to be shallow. It takes work to become deeper. You have to do some rowing to get out into the, into the deep. And we're going to take a look at two things today when it comes to this whole idea of moving out into the deep, launching out into the depths, when it relates to your soul. So I'm going to talk to you today about your soul. Let me pull this up a little bit further so I can get closer to it here. So we're going to talk to you about this word. Are you familiar with that word? Say it with me. Your soul. Most of the time you hear things like confession is good for the soul. He is my soul brother. We hear phrases like this to describe connections at a deeper level. Something that's going on down on the inside. We use the word soul for lots of different things. A soul mate. You've heard that phrase before. These are terms that describe something that goes on down in the depths of your being. Down in your soul. And there are two things I want to share with you tonight that are essential. If you're going to have a deeper life, these things are essential. Number one, you must understand that your soul directs your life. Your soul directs your life. Launching out to the deep starts with your soul. Your soul is what we might call your life center. Let's spend just a few moments explaining something about your, some things about your soul tonight. It's your life center. And your soul is directing every part of your life. It's the deepest part of who you are. It's not that part that you see externally all the time. The external dimensions of your life are, are regulated by your soul. But your soul really is your personality, your character. It's your thoughts, your choices. It is your actions, your attitudes, your feelings. All of these things coming together, your soul sort of integrates all of those things. And so when you think, that's a part of your soul. When you feel, it's a part of your soul. When you make decisions, it's a part of your soul. When you express your personality, it's a part of your soul. But not one of those things alone is your soul. All of those things coming together is what makes you, you, right? You take away the way you think and your personality and your choices, you don't really have a you. You have a body, but the things that make, thing that makes you, you, is really all of those elements of your life. It's the deeper part of what's driving you on the inside. Jesus made it very clear uh, the, the value, the importance of the soul. Notice what he said in Mark chapter 12, verse number 30. You know it well, why don't you read it together with me? And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So we're to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. So heart, soul, those two things go together. Mind is a part of that, and strength is related to your body. 
Now, we looked at a verse last weekend in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that again helps us to see the importance of the soul, the heart. And it says this, I'm going to read it this weekend from the New Living Translation. It says, guard your heart, or we could put there the word soul, guard your heart or your soul above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what is determining the course of where your life ends up? Very, very, very important here. So what's going on down in your soul is essential. Jesus came to save your soul, okay? That's why your soul is so valuable, because out of this soul is how you're living your life. Out of this inner part of your depth, the depths of your being, your personality, the way you think, your mindset about things, your attitudes that lead to your actions, your personality, all this stuff is wrapped up in this word called soul. And so here's what I want you to see. I'm going to draw a terrible picture here, but it's a person, okay? So you understand, all right? And I'm going to draw a big heart right here in the middle just for emphasis purposes. And down somewhere inside every one of us is this thing called the soul. And if your soul is shallow, if your soul is cluttered, if your soul is uncultivated, if your soul is broken, dysfunctional in some way, what will your life be? The same, right? If something down in here is not functioning the way God intended it to function, if you've got clutter in here... You got hatred over here towards someone that's down inside your heart. You've got cynicism that's down inside of you. You've got, because of stuff that's happened to you, you've got all this stuff that's cluttering up and blocking your soul. What will your life be like? You'll never be able to be everything that God wants you to be. You can't have the more life until you address issues of your your soul, You'll, you can't go deeper, you can't have more without digging into this dimension of life. So let me take you to the second point, because this is where I want to spend most of my time this evening. The second point is that you need to know the condition of your soul. Your soul right now has a condition. Just like your body. How many of you know your body is in a certain condition? You don't need to say what it is, but it's in a certain condition, right? Okay. It's either in shape, out of shape, on the way to being in shape, on the way to being out of shape, or just like hopeless, okay? Right? <laughs> Our bodies are in some kind of condition. You're, 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 every, every dimension of your life is in a condition. Your automobile is in a certain condition, right? The interior is either clean or dirty, the motor has been well taken care of or not, it either has gasoline or it doesn't. Your, your automobile has a certain condition related to its various, its various parts, right? It's not when you say, is your car well, it's not just one part of your car is well. You can have really well, you have a really beautiful steering wheel but no engine and your car is not well, okay? And so the point I want you to see is that it's not just one dimension of your life that really determines the effectiveness of your life. It is all the dimensions of your life working together. And one of the things that is so often neglected when it comes to uh, addressing issues of life is the condition of our soul, Okay? So I would start by asking you the question, do you know the condition of your soul? Now chances are you cannot effectively answer that question without some help that I'm going to provide you tonight. Let's go to the book of Mark now, chapter 4. I look at a passage, we looked at it last weekend, and this is really a teaching lesson tonight, so I want you to track with me as we're going through this. 
and laying some very important foundations for us. Mark chapter 4, again, it's a parable, a story that Jesus gave. And in essence, in this story, he's talking to people about their soul, okay? But he's using the analogy of soil to address souls, okay? That's what you got to see here. This story will never make full sense to you until you understand that he's using an analogy, a metaphor of soil to develop, to, to describe conditions of people's soul. Here's the story. Listen. We talked about that last week. He starts with the word, listen, pay attention. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. Circle that phrase again, okay? And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on, what's the phrase there? Shallow soil. So circle that one, if you will. With underlying rock, the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns. There's your third soil condition, among thorns, that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. That's your fourth condition. Circle it there in your notes. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. And they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So he started with the word listen, and then he ended the story with, did you listen? Okay, so this is really an important story. It's worth us taking multiple weeks to look at because Jesus said, listen. And when he finished, he said, did you listen? Did you get this? Do you understand what this is all about? And in this story, he described four conditions of soil. And the soil represents the soul. So actually, four conditions of the soul. So we're going to do a little investigation tonight. I want you to think about your life. Don't think about anybody else. You're not here to fix anyone else. Isn't that great to know? Okay. You didn't come tonight to fix your husband. You didn't come to fix your wife. Jesus brought you here to fix you. Isn't that good? Okay. So I want you to think about you tonight, your own life right now for the next few moments. And I want you to think about the condition of your soul. Let's look at these four categories. He talked about the seed that fell on a footpath. I described for you last week that that footpath was the hardened place that it happened because people had walked over that that territory time and time again and the walking had packed down the soil to such a degree that when the seed landed on that soil, it could not penetrate it and it could not create any rootedness or germination of that seed. And so the problem with the footpath is it was soil or a soul that was hard. It was a hardened soul. You know, there are a lot of people that are going through life, and they may very well even be Christians, having accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, but life has beat them down. They've had a lot of people and a lot of circumstances that have pounded upon them over the years. And you know the pounding, if you don't respond to the pounding of life the right way, you know what pounding can do to you? It can make you, what's the word we just used? Hard on the inside. And when you're hard down inside, you don't even realize that you're hard. You don't understand that that's what's affecting you. But as we said a moment ago, the scripture says, out of the heart, you live your life. And so your soul is directing your life. And so what happens is a hardened person begins to have a personality and they make decisions 
and they have feelings and they have thoughts. They don't even realize what's driving it. And they think that's just me, but it's not just them. What it is, it's something that's happened down in their soul that is affecting the full functioning of their life and so they can't in essence be all that God wants them to be or enter into the more that God has for them until they address the issue of the soul see for this this footpath to ever produce any kind of any kind of crop what would have to happen somebody has to come along and plow it up right until it it will never ever be fruitful it will never be fruitful because as long as it stays in that same condition, you can plant seed every day on that particular path. And what's going to happen? Every time you plant the seed, here come little birds. They're going to eat it up. Nothing will ever bear fruit at all in their life. And so there are a lot of Christians that never really bear fruit like they're supposed to bear fruit for Jesus and have the fruitful life because they haven't launched into the deep. And the, deep so the whole deep area is dealing with the hardness in their soul. Can I ask you tonight, is there anyone here? Don't raise your hand. I'm not asking you to respond in this way, but in your own thought, your own reflection, that you can look at your life and say, no, maybe that's me. Maybe that's why I, I, I want to be more like Jesus, I, I want to live a life that's more effective for the kingdom of God, but I just, what, what's really holding me back? I haven't figured it out, but maybe I've just grown hard on the inside, and that hardness is expressed in a lot of different ways. It's expressed, again, through your personality, through your way of thinking, through the way that you deal with people around you, the way that you close people off and close yourself off to the possibility of connection and relationships, even with God. Hardness manifests itself in a variety of ways, but I will promise you until you get a, let God bring his plow and plow up the hard places in your life, you will never bear the fruit. But good news is God has a plow. Isn't that great to know? Okay, God knows that, but you've got to let him do it. You've got to acknowledge this. So we're talking about your condition. What was the second condition on the, on the notes there? What kind of soil? Shallow soil. Remember I talked about that last weekend? And how the, the soil had a, a bit of, uh, it was a nice, good soil there. But underneath the soil was rock, okay? And so what happened was the seed dropped in. Everything looked great for a period of time. It was going well. But what happened was because it was a rocky place underneath that was never broken up. When the, the roots went this way, but they didn't go this way, Right? And so when the, and because that's, that's the only way it could get moisture is so that the roots had to go wide but never went deep. And so because of that, when the, when the hot summer came and beat down upon that plant, what happened? It wilted because it did not have the capacity to go down deeper to get the nutrients and the moisture necessary for its sustenance. Some of us are, we're, we're not hard, but we're shallow, okay? We're shallow because we, we may have a certain part of our personality, a certain part of our life that we have, we, we kind of let God do some work with, but we kind of went along with God and we got to a stopping place with Him. God, that's enough. You know, you, know, you can say to God, God, that's enough. I'm not going to go any further with you. And there are Christians that do that. They'll say, God, I'm going to go with you only so far. And they get to a place in life where God asks them to do something or surrender something that they're not willing to surrender. And while they may be obedient in certain areas of their life, they become disobedient in other areas of their life. And that hard rock keeps them from developing deeper roots. 
And maybe there's some of us here in life that God, maybe you've, you've gotten to a place in your relationship with God where you kind of said, God, you know what? I don't want to take this thing too seriously. I don't want to be one of those religious fanatics. You know, I don't want to get all hyped up about Jesus. I'll go to church and I'll, I'll do some of the things and I'll do what's beneficial to me, but don't ask me, God, to give you everything. And what happens when you get to that point in life is you develop not so much the same kind of hardness that we talked about a moment ago that is resistant, but a hardness that keeps a rootedness from happening in your life. Have you stopped in your relationship with God somewhere? And I'll tell you what will happen whenever you do that, you'll not have a plant that has sustaining value and capacity because sometime in life there's going to be a hot sun that's going to beat down upon you because life gets hard sometimes, doesn't it? And what will happen when life beats down upon you if you don't have good roots is that the faith that you have withers in that moment. You don't have what you need to carry you through the difficult periods of life, okay? So first condition is hard. The the second condition is shallow. What is the third condition? Thorn infested, okay? This is perhaps where most of us live. This is probably the most... For, for many of us, I'll say it that way. Draw a little garden here, okay? You got your, your plants that are planted in the garden. But along with it, you got these little other things called weeds that grow in the garden. And over time, they grow up and steal the nutrients of your plants in the garden and the moisture so that these begin to die out and are choked out, the Bible says, by the weeds that are around. The weeds represent a variety of things. They, resent, they represent cares of this world and busyness. Nobody's ever had that one, have you? Okay. Distractions. Never had that one, have you? Okay. Detours in your spiritual journey. Okay. These things that just come into your world, changing values and priorities, pressures upon you. So here you are trying to grow, and you're growing well, and things are going well, but then you kind of don't take care of your garden, you don't take care of your soul, and before long the busyness of life comes in and begins to seal some of your time from God or some of your commitments to God, and worries and cares come in and start choking out because you're not trusting God like you used to, and so you're worrying instead of praying and having confidence in God, and before long uh, the, the growing plant in you begins, your soul has been infested with a variety of things that are choking out the good seed of God in you. And so note the conditions. What's the first one? Hard, okay? Beaten up by life, okay? And you're carrying it inside of you and God can't get through to you because of the hardness that's there. People can't connect with you because of the hardness that's there. Then there's the shallowness because you've stopped in your growth with God. Or there's the busyness and the various things that have come in and choked out. What's the fourth one? What is it? The fertile soil, exactly right. And that's the good soil, one translation says. That's the soil that's been properly prepared and plowed and has the right kind of moisture and the seed drops in. The rocks have been removed. It goes down and it produces 30, 60, and 100 fold because the roots have the capacity to go deep, okay? So what I want you to see tonight is that when Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep because your fruitfulness is found not in the shallow water your fruitfulness is found in the 
deep water. And then we see this parable. It begins to make sense that when God begins to work deeper things in us and we make the choice to go deeper, then out of that comes the greater fruitfulness, 30, 60, and 100 fold. But the issue is what is the condition of your soul? Do you know the condition of your soul? Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 15, verses 18 through 20. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual morality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. What I want you to see here is this. You can hide what's going on here for a period of time. But eventually, whatever is down here is going to affect what you do out here because your soul is going to direct the fruitfulness or lack thereof of your life. It will always catch up with you. It always catches up with you in some way. Now, how do you know what's really going on with you? Everybody still with me so far tonight? Okay. Very important stuff, okay? Because you got to ha- I want, God wants us to have the more life that he planned for us. So how do you know your condition? The problem is you and I many times don't even know the condition of our lives. We can kind of do a little analysis and kind of figure it out. But if you're like me, sometimes I don't even know what's going on inside of me. How about you, okay? And so we need God to help us to even understand what our condition is. Because God is the only one that can make an accurate diagnosis for your life. Somebody ought to say amen right there, okay? You can't diagnose yourself. You can look at things and think and figure some stuff out, but you need God to come along in your life, as do I, to bring us our true diagnosis. Because many times, here's the thing, we think we're doing a whole lot better than we really are. We think we're a lot better on the inside than we really are because God has that amazing spiritual x-ray machine that goes right down and zeroes in and says, you know what, this is the issue of your life. This is what's holding you back. Now, I'm going to ask this generally. I would like for you to respond to this. How many of you would like to be further along in your spiritual journey than you are right now? Raise your hand, okay? That's why you're at church, right? Okay, you're here for that purpose, okay? Do you understand that to get further along in your spiritual journey, you've got to address issues where? In your soul, okay? And so you've got to know what those issues are. You can't address them if you don't know what they are. So how do you and I know the issues of our soul? Look at what David prayed because he found himself in the same predicament. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. I want you to read this aloud and loudly together with me. Let's read it. It's a prayer, actually. Let's read. Here we go. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What I want you to note right now is one phrase. Point out anything in you that, in me that offends you. Say that phrase with me. Point out anything in me that offends you. Now the word offends is a very important word. It means what may be causing pain or harm or is idolatrous. The actual Hebrew definition. 
God, would you point out anything in my heart, anything in my soul that is causing pain to me or to you, that is harmful in my relationship with you or harmful to me or that is causing me to put anybody else in front of you and making an idol out of anyone or anything else. And so David was saying, God, dig down deep inside of me and show me the true condition of my heart. One of the best prayers that you will ever learn to pray, and it's something that has to be prayed consistently, continually, sincerely, as honestly as you can pray it is the same prayer that David prayed. God, would you search me? Would you look inside of me and know my heart, know my soul? God, you know everything that's going on inside of me. You know my real condition. And I want you to point out anything in me that offends, that is harmful, painful, or idolatrous in my life that would keep me from being the more, experiencing the more that you have for me. What David is praying in this moment, he's saying, God, in my soul, I want to go deeper. I want to dig down and find out what's really going on here because I realize that out of the depth of my soul will flow the fruitfulness of my life and I've got to address it. So what is the condition of your soul? And on your notes, you're going to see four phrases there. I want you to read these four phrases with me. Is your soul, it starts with that question, is your soul, read with me. Number one, healthy or sick? I don't know, is it healthy or sick? Number two, is it holy or unholy? Number three, is it wholesome or toxic? Number four, is it whole or fractured? So if we pray that prayer tonight, God, would you show me, point out anything in me that offends you, that is harmful in my relationship with you, that is harming me in my walk with you, that is painful, that is making an idol out of anything that, 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 that only, the, the place that only you should have in my life. God, would you, would you help me to see if way down on the inside of me, am I, am I healthy in my soul? Is my soul healthy or, or is my soul sick? Is my soul holy? Or do I have some unholiness down, down in here? You know what unholiness is, right? It's anything that's contrary to God, His Word, His will. God, would you, would you help me to see my soul? Is, it, is my soul wholesome? You know what wholesome is? It's, there's a healthiness about it. Not just health in the sense of absence of disease, but there's a thriving to it, a positive sense of, of, of life that's flowing out of your soul. Or is it Toxic. You know what toxicity is? It's something poison has gotten in you. I've met people before, and, and within five minutes of the conversation, I could tell I was talking to a toxic soul. You met people like that before? I mean, just a little conversation before long, toxicity is coming out of them. Poison is pouring out. And sometimes we have pockets of poison inside of us that we don't even realize is there until God points it out to us. And God, is my soul whole or is it fractured? And you begin to pray prayers like this and God begins to show you things in your life that will help you to address these areas so that you can be all that God wants you to be. One last verse I want to give you before we wrap up with a prayer time tonight. It's in Mark chapter 8, verse 36. It's not on your notes, but it's going to be on the screen. So I want you to read it together with me. I want, to pay, want us to pay close attention to this as we're wrapping up. This is a New Living Translation. Are you ready? Here we go. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What do you gain 
if you, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose what? Your soul. Now, so many times as I've read that passage, I've thought about it in terms of uh, eternal salvation. If you get the whole world but you, know, you don't go to heaven, obviously it's not worth anything, right? You've lost everything. But it's more than that. You know, there are a lot of people that are going to heaven, but they're losing their soul down here. They're wasting away their life for the fullest potential that could possibly be in their life because they're living with unhealthiness on the inside, living with a brokenness on the inside, living with a hardness, living with shallowness, living with a thorn-infested life. And until they deal with it, until we deal with these areas, we can't move into the full fruitfulness. And so we forfeit the fullness of life that God has because we don't pay attention to our soul. The most important thing for you to pay attention to in your life is not your body. The most important thing for you to pay attention to in your life is your soul. Now, your body's important. Pay attention to it. But the most, you know, most of us spend a lot of our time focusing on so many other things, our finances, our physical health, our material stuff. And God says, time out. What if you get all of that, but you lose the health of what you have on the inside? Don't let anything steal the healthiness of your soul. So I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that God, I know that, that, that all of you a moment ago responded by saying, yeah, I want to move further in my spiritual journey. But for us to do that, God has to help us to see the things that we need to see in our life. Remember I said tonight, it was not about anybody else. It's about you, right? Okay. So we're going to pray right now the prayer that David prayed. It's a dangerous prayer to pray. Because if you ask God to point stuff out in your life, guess what he's going to do? He's going to point things out. When you say, when he, when you, when he does, what's your response? Oh, God, why did you show me that? No. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that. Because when he shows you, it's for the sake of healing you and restoring you. Because God is the greatest soul doctor there is. Okay? There is no soul doctor like Jesus. So would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you so much this evening for the opportunity that we have just to, to study your word. Just to really dig in and see some principles of scripture. Thank you for the story, Peter, going out into the deep and how you showed him fruitfulness as he launched out into deeper places. And thank you that you have fruitfulness for us as well as we launch out into deeper places. And that, that depth starts with our own inner being, with our soul. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that tonight you would help each one of us to begin to know at a deeper level the condition of our soul. That in this moment, Lord, where there's hardness, would you reveal that to us? Lord, for those tonight that they're like that pathway. There's been a hardness over their life and maybe they've never realized it. I pray that you would show them that so that they can find that place of healing. That place of allowing you to plow up the hardened places in them. Lord, for those of us who perhaps have have become shallow in our, our, our soil, our spiritual soul. God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would help us to blast away the rock underneath, whatever that lower level of resistance is. Lord, we've, we've cooperated with you at certain levels, but Lord, we want to go deeper. Blast that, that level of rock away, God, so that we can, we can have the deeper roots that you want us to have. And I pray for those of us who've had a good gar garden, but we've let... We've let the, the weeds come in. Lord, we've let the choking start to happen. We, we pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you would help us to begin to, to weed our garden. That you, even by the Holy Spirit, would begin to help us to lay aside some of our, our busyness and our distractions and all those things that get in the way of us focusing our primary attention upon you. 
And I pray that each one of us would, would be able to experience deep in our lives good soil that will produce great fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. We ask you to do this. Point out in us anything, Lord, that's keeping us from being all that you want us to be. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.